place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Comics now. Hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are listening to the special Sunspots Comics Go edition, where when you listen to the podcast, you walk around the earth, you find some living comic book icons for points. <laughs> Well, hello and welcome. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue 63, covering new comic book day, July 13th. And it is chock full, let me tell you, of just comic book fun stuff. Thank you so much for joining in on the fun. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. Or just tell a, tell a nerd friend about us. We would appreciate it. And thank you for my friend Nick Papa George for your amazing Sunspots Comics theme song. I love it. I've got so much positive feedback. Thank you very much. Please check out my friend Nick's Instagram and Facebook at facebook.com slash popdees and Instagram at pop underscore dees. Thank you so much, Nick. Also, thank you to my son, Justin. You can follow him on Instagram at justlakings for his uh, work on our Sunspots Comics blog. He actually just posted a brand spanking new one where he lists his five favorite Marvel movies so far. So check him out at blog dot sunspotscomics.com and also happy birthday jables to the fruit of my very loins my son justin i can't believe you're 20 years old today i love you and thank you for being as my buddy axel rose said that sweet child of mine <laughs> continue to grow continue to learn and continue to amaze i look forward to another year of just of just happiness with you in our lives so thank you so much thank you for all the fantastic work and help you've done on Sunspots Comics. So happy 20th birthday to my son, Jables Justin. <laughs> oh, and last thing, Justin and I are in some heavy talk, some heavy negotiation about him joining the podcast on more of a regular basis in the near future. I'm going to be just fusing him right into the podcast where he'll be reading the large stack and actually discussing all the comics with me together from time to time. Uh, not Maybe not a regular thing, but schedule permitting, we'll get him on every so often so i'm super excited for that so please stay tuned and don't touch that dial that's right <laughs> so let's jump right into sunspots po po uh, podcast issue number 63 uh with a, a piece of listener mail here we actually got a mail from dr francisco rojas from sinaloa mexico and he e emailed me to, to tell me that uh that will wheaton and stone brewing have partnered together for this kind of nerd geek enthusiast beer called Woot Stout. And this is actually their second brew. I did get a chance to to taste the first one. I'm not a big beer enthusiast or uh, really a big beer drinker, but uh, the latest of it is called the Imperial Stout. And it has like a cool sci-fi like Star Wars tribute onto it, drawn by comic book powerhouse Amanda Connor who's done so much beautiful work for Marvel, DC, and independent publishing, and just tons of stuff. Look up Amanda Connor, And it's just beautiful art. And I gotta tell you, we're, him and I both were not like sponsors of this, and I'm really only, like I said, a light beer fan. Not light beer, per se, but just a, a not really a, a drinker. 
and uh, but I you know I have to to mention spread some love and 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 give props to not only thank you Francisco Dr. Francisco Rojas for sending in your fast fantastic email but of your support of uh, fellow nerds out there so I appreciate it I thank you for writing in and thank you for listening to the podcast and I will be uh, reaching out to you to mail you a little comic book prize so thank you so much to Dr. Francisco Pancho Rojas from Sinaloa Mexico and just some stuff on my nerd brain that's just popping around in there. Uh, first thing is Marvel Now. So Marvel is coming up with like about a hundred titles of comics. And they're sort of relaunching the line called Marvel Now. And so it's kind of who the important Marvel characters are going to be in the very near future moving forward. And you can uh, you can check out various articles. I'll, of course, share this uh, one particular one I found on CBR.com. That actually gives you the list of all the Marvel Now titles that are coming out. I guess it was leaked online, but then they just said, yeah, these are my titles. But kind of an interesting selection. There are some some interesting missing characters in this. But uh, but I'm excited about a ton of these, and there's some weird things things in here, like Fool Killer from Max Bemis. I got I to gotta check that out. Slapstick. So there's some a few things off the beaten path. Of course, there's Avengers, Amazing Spider-Man, Venom. But there's an Unstoppable Wasp. I'm kind of excited about that. Written by Jeremy Whiteley. So there's some good stuff in here that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, second thing on my nerd brain is NES. I saw a, a cool article from the New York Times that Nintendo is actually re-releasing a sort of mini NES entertainment system, like can fit in the palm of your hand, preloaded with like 30 classic NES games on it for, it looks like it's gonna be like 60 bucks. So I'm jazzed about this, kind of a cool way and cool presentation because there are various ways to get Nintendo classic games, but it's kind of a mess as to how you get them. And, of course, having just old consoles attached can not be the most reliable way to play some of these classic games. So very cool that they're redistributing, remaking a, a small NES Classic Edition. And with it, it comes with a controller, and you can even buy extra controllers for 10 bucks. So I'm just excited about that. Kind of a nice uh, nostalgic feel when you get these classic 30 games to give you just a few. There's, there's Mega Man in there, there's Zelda, there's Metroid. There's just a ton of good stuff that they're actually piling onto this, including like Dr. Mario, Final Fantasy, Galaga, to name a few. Ghosts and Goblins, fantastic 2D shooter. So I'm super excited about that. It looks like it's going to be possibly October. So it doesn't look like it's been officially announced as the actual date of release at this point. But it's coming pretty soon, and I'm pretty excited, so check out the new NES Classic Mini. Fits in the palm of your hand, kind of fun. And uh, next thing that uh, I'm thinking about is that Marvel came up with a major death of a major character. So spoiler alert in 3, 2, 1. Bruce Banner! Yeah, that's right. And it's kind of like no one really talked about it. It's kind of... Social media-wise, it's not all over the place. There was a particular article on io9 titled Marvel is Killing Off One of the Oldest Superheroes Today. And it really kind of interestingly breaks it down. There is a conversation between Clint Barton and Bruce Banner. And Bruce informs him that I don't ever want to Hulk out again. It's about a year since he's hulked out. If I do, here is a gamma-infused device that will kill me and take me out. And he's given him instructions of that. In one of the in one of these early, it looks like uh, Hawkeye issues, and then it's uh, that's referenced, and then in Civil War, which I'm really not totally reading, I'm just kind of picking and 
dipping and kind of glancing at it every so often. But they, in the Civil War drama, they approach Bruce Banner on maybe a crime that he hasn't committed, but a psychic has foreseen this vision where Hulk will Hulk out and kill people. And as the conversation's getting heated, uh, Clint Hawkeye fires that arrow at him, takes him out, fires a second arrow, and definitively kills Bruce Banner here. So how's that going to affect things moving forward? Is he really, really gone? I mean, I know, come on, it's comic books, but this is a pretty definitive kill. And I tell you, I was a little shocked by it, and now I have to kind of go back and dig in a little, and maybe I'll, maybe I will give uh, the Civil War to a, a more of a chance. <laughs> so there you go. That's my message there. It's try to be positive, try to check it out, but Bruce Banner, gone bye-bye. For now. <laughs> oh, and the other thing on my nerd brain is Universal Studios. My wife and I were, we went uh, on Thursday to, to Universal Studios, and let me tell you, the Harry Potter and Walking Dead experience were the two massive highlights. Harry Potter is such a beautiful, immersive dream world that they created. It's just gorgeous. And we had a ton with it, and we we bought the wand that has interactive uh, interactive abilities where you can walk to various window dressings and, and various areas throughout uh, Harry Potter land and interact with the wand, and it's very cool. And the food and the butterbeer was amazing. I got to say, the butterbeer, like the buttercream frosting and that sort of root beery type thing infused with whey, non-alcoholic, was just delicious. I had um, I had more than one. Yeah, I think we had three. <laughs> but uh, hey, props out to uh, my buddy who went with us from myhauntlife.com. You can check his podcast out too as well, my friend Mike Fontaine. Thanks for joining and his girlfriend Debbie. And also, super, super, super special thank you to Mike Gasperi and 94.7 The Wave. 94.7 The Wave. Yeah. And <laughs> I love that station. Um, but I have to give a super thank you to him uh, for, for blessing us with some tickets and getting us in and food vouchers included. It was a great time. And I tell you, what a, what a great uh, opportunity there with being able to be in the park before the rest of the entire public for about an hour or so. So thank you, 94.7 The Wave, and thank you, Mr. Mike Gasperi. You are a classy fellow and individual, and thankful. I am very thankful to have you as a buddy of mine. Thank you so much, Mike. Also, super excited. I just bought the about four tickets to see Suicide Squad on the Thursday at 7 p.m. on August 4th, the day before it actually officially is uh, in the public on Friday, in IMAX 3D, and I'm so excited that the theater that I go to, they did not have reserved seats before, and now they do. So I was able to jump in there. I was able to get four sort of center-ish seats that aren't too far back, and I'm super excited to go with uh, my wife, Patsy, and some good friends of ours, uh, friend, friends of ours, Nicole and Roland. How are you guys doing? I know you listen to the podcast, so I'm super excited. I can't wait. Less than a, you know, a couple of weeks away, we're going to be seeing Suicide Squad in, in IMAX 3D. I can't wait. And uh, next thing, I'm a nerd brain. Is Image Plus Magazine number three just came out, and it is fantastic. It comes in the Diamond Preview magazines that have the gigantic catalog of all the comics that are coming out. And I kind of miss magazines, just the whole format of it, something that's light and easy and breezy and fun to read. 
The Image Plus magazine has the Walking Dead sort of mini story of the backstory of Negan, the character Negan from The Walking Dead. Fantastic articles from comic book artists and writers. It's just so professionally presented, and it's they just really preview a lot of Image Comics that are coming out in a really positive way with some fantastic articles to follow up with it. The September issue, which is the June uh, previews, comes with this beautiful free Paper Girls poster. So it's got to be when it's laid out, probably 12 by 19 maybe, with the magazine format. And it's fantastic. It's done by the uh, Paper Girls artist, uh, Cliff Chang. So you have to grab that. You can buy it four bucks with the preview and the, and the Image Plus magazine included. Or just even pay alone just two bucks for the Image Plus magazine just by itself. It's completely worth it. I really miss the magazine format. And there's really something to that format. So check it out. There's I remember... Uh, just a ton of magazines that have gone by the wayside for comic books. Um, Wizard was one of them that I miss. I miss Wizard. But fantastic uh, magazine-style format on Image Comics and things that are coming out from Image. And like I said, free poster. So definitely, definitely grab it. And the very last thing on my nerd brain is I'm actually writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. And I'm doing the writing, the coloring, and lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his amazing art for it. Please check out Jordan on Instagram, at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His, his art is freaking amazing. Thank you, Jordan. I also have the website zombiedestroyers.com, where I posted some samples of pages one through four. So check out zombiedestroyers.com from time to time. Quick update. He finalized the back at the lab. Or he's almost completely finalized. He's starting some of the inking now, which is pages 11 and 12. So we're about halfway there. So I can't wait to see how he finishes each one of the panels for pages 11 and 12, which is back at the lab. So very, very, very cool. Thank you, and I can't believe I'm doing a comic book. It's, it's so rewarding and feels so fantastic. Thank you, Jordan. So anyway, that's Zombie Destroyers coming up, coming out soon. And the last thing on the docket before we go into the reviews, of course, of comic books, is a brief State of the Comic Book Union address. And this is pretty cool. I, I recently saw an article in the Washington Post. And I love when I see articles like this. It's, uh, I, I can't tell you how excited I am to hear that paper comic books are flourishing, are selling well. And this article from the Washington Post is titled, The Resurgence of Comic Books. The industry has its best-selling month in nearly two decades. This is awesome. And I, of course, will share this on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Sunspots Comics. But highlighting uh, one little highlight of this article is retailers purchased 8.5 million copies of the top 300 comics, which is the highest number since December of 1997. Fantastic! When uh, retailers ordered about 9 million comics, that's a 42% increase from five years ago to this month of July. And uh, that's just fantastic. And the other thing I thought was cool was the growing number of brick-and-mortar comic book shops has also risen uh, risen in recent years, about 4% since 2013. So I read that there were only about 2,200 comic book shops nationwide. That's just America. America. But it's on the rise since 2013, last three years, about a 4% increase. So maybe about a shop or two a year on the rise, which is, which is great news. There's more lo- local comic book shops for you to go to 
and buy my recommendations, <laughs> which we'll get into soon. But uh, all right, so without further ado, let's get right into the favorite part of my Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations, where I pick my favorite comic books, and this is covering New Comic Book Day, July 13th. And spoiler alert, of course, I do a pretty good job of not telling you all the delicious parts of my favorite comics, because I want you, I want to inspire you, I want you to go and buy them in a local comic book shop, and I don't want to destroy every single beautiful part of these fantastic comics, but I do give you some of the tasty ingredients, so spoiler alert, you've been warned. And if you want to see everything that I'm reading, my favorite picks of the week since May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com, click on the pull list, and you'll see that there's 104 titles that I'm currently reading and buying, which is insane. Thank gosh they don't come out like all at the same time every month. And then also click on top comic book picks of the week so you can see all of my past top picks. And I've been working on the site. I've still, I still have some work to do, but I've updated it, compacted it, like simplified sunspotscomics.com. So I'm super proud of it, so please check it out. Again, you can see all my lists on sunspotscomics.com. And this week, the art winners. I always like to highlight some just out-of-this-world fantastic artists that are just really crushing it. And I pick a art winner. This week, it is Carlos Magno. Carlos, your work on Kong, the Kong of Skull Island, number one, is gorgeous. Your splash pages are just unreal. And they have some seriously painstaking attention to detail. Truly stunning. Just beautiful, beautiful art. You have to check out Kong, Skull Island. And we'll talk about that more later. And the cover winner is also Carlos Magno. It's a gorgeous black and white wraparound cover where King Kong is like fighting dinosaurs and all of these sort of anthropomorphic stand-up sort of bird creatures that are attacking Kong at the same time. It's out of this world. It, you just got to make your eyeballs happy and, and put them on this book. Again, Kong, Skull Island, art cover and art winner of the week. Carlos Magno. Fantastic Carlos Magno. And this week I actually bought 17 comics, but only six of them made it to the favorite pick list. And uh, that's below that 50% mark that I'm really trying to hit with the greats. A ton of goods this week. I got to give props to everyone on the list. You can see the pull list again on sunspotscomics.com. But yeah, six of them made the top favorite pick list. New number ones, we actually had five this week. Kong Skull Island was one of the number ones. Horizon. SSB2, Miller World Annual, which I have to say was kind of an interesting concept, taking uh, a lot of work from people in the that are trying to break into the industry. So I thought that was just very, very cool that they are just up-and-coming artists that are really trying to break into comics, and Mr. Miller himself handpicked people to actually be in this annual, so very cool. That was another uh, number one, and... There was also, maybe that was all five. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, and the uh, the last one was New Superman, which was an interesting take of sort of a, a Chinese character who was a young bully. Um, very interesting. And how that's going to infuse into the DC world, I don't know, into the DC universe. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But very, very cool uh, that the uh, number, there are some number fives or three of them made it to my top picks, which I'll unveil which those three are briefly. So, let's get right into uh, my favorite picks of the week. There were six, and this again is my favorite comic book picks for new comic book day, July 13th. So, coming in at number six from Albatross Funny Books, written, drawn, lettered by Eric Powell. He actually had someone jump into the colors uh, this time, Ryan Hill. And this is a one-shot of another SSB one that he did a long time ago. It's like this, it's like Satan's baby. (laughs) 
you'll see what it is when you look up the title of SSB2. But this is a, a, an insane, sort of crazy uh, political satire. It's a it's a hysterical, over the top, raunchy, gross statement upon our world today. Really making fun of how crazy and nuts our world is. It's not for kids. This is most definitely rated R. I like all types of comics, from raunchy to Mickey Mouse. I mean, I'm all over the place. This is definitely raunchy, but but there's also some heart here. Eric Powell does what he does in this, folks, which is this sort of Satan's creatures being summoned to bring us, bring the earth to end times <laughs> um, because of uh, things that are happening in the recent presidential election and these particular characters, which he points out and spends some time with in a really lewd and rude way. Um, and <laughs> he even at one point gets a Jack Kirby, hires a, like a crew of people to help bring the earth to end times and destroy the planet. Rando, Randy Macho Man Savage is one of them. Oh yeah, brother. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's nudity in this. There's some insane violence. There's a horse coming out of somebody, folks. Yeah, a particular football quarterback you'll be familiar with. But uh, this is ultimately, it's a funny book. It's, I love the disclaimer at the beginning. Um <laughs> He, Eric Powell basically says that uh, all characters and events in this comic are, are even though they're based on real people, are entirely fictional and stupid. <laughs> Made by a stupid effing person, really effing stupid. <laughs> so that's that encapsulates it in a nutshell right there. It's fun. I laughed. It was hysterical. You, you're, there's some jaw-dropping moments where you're like, dang, he uses real names, but his discla- disclaimer covers him. He's safe. <laughs> but man, oh man, I just could not believe it so check out that's my number six ssb2 and coming in at number five from uh, archie horror is sabrina number six and this is a story by robert aguirre sakasa artwork by robert hack and this is crazy this i wish this was a more regular shipping kind of comic i think it's been maybe close to two years and we have six issues but this goes into the archie character sabrina's uh, the the familiars, the witch familiars that follow around the witches in this story, and it covers Salem, which is a cat that's been covering, that's been Sabrina's sidekick for years and years and years, even going back to the classic comics, and these two sort of cobras that I think follow the female character, the sort of la- lady Satan that is trying to take Sabrina out here, and this is their backstory. So we first go into the cobras, or first you have this conversation. Between uh, a Salem the cat and the two cobras and That's just interesting because there is a moment here where there is a mouse and the cat doesn't care about the mouse and you quickly realize this cat is talking the cobras are talking and This the cat says I was a human. I don't don't desire to eat a mouse. So (laughs) interesting take uh, There right off the bat, but the story of the cobras is is probably the, the there's two backstories here It's the more my favorite of the backstories but they are a prince and princess to a Maharaja in India and hundreds of years ago. And their mother passes away and their father's courting a very young uh, woman from a nearby Indian family as they're betrothed to each other. And the prince and princess are jealous and they're afraid of their of their their heir, their right to the throne and their ruling and their money and their dr- driven and desire is of course greed. And there is a sort of sorcerer in the family that is making them believe that 
if we can poison this suitor of your father, this potential new mother, then you two can be the king and queen together and rule and rule this uh, Aladdin-like village here in India. <laughs> Reminds me of it. There's so many little color-like tones and looks. And it's very gritty art, very realistic and uh, and dark. And I love it. And it's very cool. And there's also that this sort of film that is covering every single page that has this texturized look to it, like you're looking at old parchment. I just really dug that. But that situation doesn't go very well. <laughs> Where they find out they're double-crossed, the wizard actually has his plan to kill their father and he and marry the woman and take over the kingdom anyway. So then when that happens, he, he actually turns them into cobras and set for, sets forth a mongoose in the palace called Ricky Tiki Tavi, which I remember reading that story and watching the cartoon series on it and a short film on Ricky Tiki Tavi, that uh, the mongoose that, that attacks and keeps the village safe and, and fights cobras. So it's cool that they reference that kind of modern lore and, or not modern lore, and that, I thought that was very cool. And then you go into the Salem story which is how this, he's a sort of a, a sailor that is looking for work and just joins this family, this, this simple, humble family in this farm. And he takes advantage of one of their, their help, one of the, the, the sort of uh, young woman that lives, that, that lives in their compound and is kind of a servant. And he takes advantage of her. She becomes a child. He doesn't want to do the right thing. Yeah, so she curses him, and she ends up being in a, in a witch clan herself, and a coven, and that doesn't go well for him. So it's a very cool backstory of Salem and the two cobras that are the familiars, and you just quickly get a glimpse in here. Oh, and the kind of cool aspect I thought of this was this demon that ends up cursing uh, Salem, tells Salem the cat that you must protect her. There will be something that happens where you're going to save her life and that is your goal and maybe you'll turn back to human after that or who knows but that was kind of interesting and of course they have a, a classic part that sort of ties right in like an old Sabrina comic from 1969 and it's cool that it has hockey in it that Sabrina's homework is to is to fix it so that the local hockey team will win the game that's her her this week's assignment which assignment and it's just kind of cool. like man I wish my high school had a hockey team that'd be so awesome because I do love hockey and playing it from time to time and so it's kind of cool they show they show uh, her familiar here they show Salem and as a kitten but uh, I guess he's been trapped for many hundreds and hundreds of years. But very cool classic Archie comic that ties right in to Sabrina number six. I love what uh, the writer is selecting here. That just seems to pair really well. It's like a like a fine wine and and some truffle cheese or something. It just goes together well. The classic and the new. And that's why that came up as my number five. And my number four from IDW Comics Satellite Falling number three. And this is from artist. Uh, written by Steve Horton, artist by Stephen Thompson, and even the beautiful colors, Lisa Jackson. And this is very cool. This is like an Ocean's Eleven gathering of the team for a heist. We have our primary character, uh, Lily, who of her ex-girlfriend uh, died, which we don't really know quite yet how Eva died. But there, she's like a, a, a like a bounty hunter that goes throughout the galaxy. She's a human living, really being the only human on this alien planet, and she's kind of a private investigator or bounty hunter. She brings people that the police are finding to the police station, 
And this, uh, her sort of sergeant or the person that is her contact, who is this shape-shifting between male and female, uh, that they sort of, they've even had intimate encounters, uh, Lily and the sergeant. And the sergeant tells her that there is this, this drug ring, this giant ship, this armada that's doing all kinds of evil, dastardly deeds. And it's run, run by her ex-girlfriend, who's supposed to be dead. Um, but uh, is it her ex-girlfriend? They're not quite sure. She has to investigate. She promises to stay out, but she doesn't. And she knows she's going to need a team for this. So really the core fun of this is the gathering of the team and the gathering of these various a- aliens. She has one that is in this like alien MM, MMA UFC fight. And uh, that the character she needs is... A techno, you know, a technology expert, but just really can't fight, and it's just kind of funny that that uh, he needs to kind of keep his day job because he's getting his butt handed to him by another alien. But it's just a cool gathering of the of the of the tribe that's going to be helping her search and find out if this this evil drug dealing group uh, that the police needs to stop is it actually uh, her her ex girlfriend that she thought was dead. So. It's got a little complexity there and some some drama and sci-fi fun up the wazoo. And that's a good thing I mean by up the wazoo, of course. <laughs> that's my number four, Satellite Falling. Fantastic. I'm loving that. And my number three is uh, one of those brand new number ones that made it to the list here. It's uh, the art winner and art cover of the week. It's Kong of Skull Island, number one of six from Boom Studios, written by James Asmus and illustrated by Carlos Magno. Thank you, Carlos. This is gorgeous. I happened to pop open the page and went right to this two-page splash when I was thinking of buying it, which I was actually kind of thinking maybe I'll just pass. It's just a Kong. These, like King Kong, Godzilla comics in the past haven't been very good, but I am a man that is filled with hope. I gave it a try and opened right up on accident to this two-page splash of two Kongs fighting, fisticuffedness, toe-to-toe, mountains rumbling, people cowering and there's this like sort of strange Mayan tribes these two sort of warring tribes that uh, have like a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet thing going where the female the woman in this uh, one tribe which is in red makes it easy to differentiate by the way and the other tribe the male who wears gray are in love secretly that they're hoping to bring this union together to stop this war between them and they I, they sort of have a, a peaceful gathering, though, from time to time where their Kongs fight. So they have Kongs. They got a bunch of Kongs. Like the 12-pack of Kongs here. So that's really crazy. So the um, the two uh, star-crossed lovers, Shakespearean love uh, situation here, say goodbye to each other. And the Red Clan, <laughs> for lack of a better way to describe them, jump onto their giant boat that accommodates giant Kongs. So this just huge old-fashioned Mayan wooden arc and uh, they they take off when they hit some storm-like weather come to find out it was a good thing that they left because there's a volcano about to erupt on their this island so they all need to leave but it doesn't look like they all are and when they finally uh, get past this storm there's a vision of Skull Island here and it is classic work here folks you see the boat in the bottom section of the panel it's a single page splash with the skull carved into the side of this mountain and it's gorgeous (laughs) the art is amazing here i mean there's pterodactyls giant pterodactyls fighting kongs multiple kongs on a boat right before they get to skull island and the volcano is going to erupt and it's a mini series of six i'm most definitely 
in. I've added it to the pull list. This art is gorgeous. The wraparound cover, like I said, from Mr. Carlos Magno is gorgeous. Black and white cover with King Kong fighting some sort of giant T-Rex. And it's gorgeous stuff here, folks. A lot of fun. I'm in for the adventure. It just has this sweeping epic tale to it. And again, that is Kong of Skull Island, number one. Check it out, please. You won't be disappointed. And my number two from Image Comics Horizon, number one. Another number one is one of the one of the this is the third that made it to, to the top picks. And this is written by Brandon Thomas, art by Juan Gideon. And I gotta say, props to the colorist Frank Martin. Gorgeous color. There is an extreme small amount of of dialogue in this comic, but there's some still some great storytelling in this. And ultimately, it's our planet Earth in the not too distant future, which you can tell by some of the technology, like this sort of motorcycle hover craft that people are driving. But this is an alien that makes it to Earth in this ship that's just crashing, basically crash lands to Earth. And this female character, it causes problems with her communication device, which is kind of built into her head that you can gather, because she's hitting her head, she's trying to cut into it, she's bleeding blue blood, she's fallen into the Antarctic, uh, and it's crazy winter, and <laughs> there's ice and snow and everywhere, and she's, she looks like she's not going to make it out of this, out of the, out of this, uh, this wasteland, a frozen tundra. And it's in Canada. And uh, actually, <laughs> I thought it was Antarctic. But um, she has a cloaking device here to look like a human, but she can run faster. She can jump higher. She's got some crazy strength. And she's blue and very cool looking. And it's just this very, very movie-like opening to her crash landing and what is her mission and her communication device and her brain's not working. She finds a cheap motel, gathers together with some materials of our technology now, where she has to, she looks like she's definitely a wizard with electronic devices, and she has some cool sort of, sort of space age gadgetry, where she fuses our technology, and she's able to heal her like kind of microchip in her brain, and she's able to communicate with someone that she meets needs to like meet up with on our planet. So, aliens are not on our world, obviously, in this story, and she is her primary is to to be cloaked, to be hidden, to not be seen, to not bring attention to herself. She has to find this other person to help her find out what her mission is, which is ultimately to find two other of her aliens, like species, or maybe not, or just two aliens that are on Earth that want to potentially invade Earth. So she is from another planet, but protecting us, protecting our planet, which is kind of a cool concept, and wants to do it quietly without being seen. Is she going to remain that way? Not sure. But she steals vehicles, she takes from people when she needs to, she has this cool cloaking device to give her a completely human-like look and skin, and her microchip type thing in her head is starting to work now where she can see the location of these of two of three one is red so we don't know what the definition of red if that person's dead or aliens dead yet but two are blue on this map that they show so it's it's a teaser i know and it leaves uh there's really not a, a cliffhanger ending here but it's just well done storytelling some great art simplistic style design beautiful colors from page to page with tons of blue i'm a big sucker for the color blue <laughs> but i tell you sci-fi adventure on earth and a cool premise to where she's kind of a bounty hunter trying to find aliens that are going to potentially invade earth and she has her mission and uh, very cool i thought just a lot of fun sci-fi action adventure check out horizon from image comics it's on my pull list for the next issues and i'm totally excited about it so check it out 
And the number one comic book this week, man, this was so good. From Dark Horse Comics, Harrow County, number 14. And I know it's been pick of the number one pick of the weeks in past weeks, and it's been on the top tens for so long. It's been consistent. It's solid. I'm not the biggest horror comic book fan, and I am continually surprised by this. I'm continually pleased with it. It's some great storytelling. It is uh, In this, it's kind of stepping the story up into a larger, sort of grander scale, which is a, a big surprise because it's, it's these two twin girls that were born of the corpse of a witch that was hung at a tree, and they, separa- they were separated at birth. One goes to sort of become uh, very rich in high society in a city, and the other one is in Harrow County. Uh, Emmy, who is our major character, main character here, living in this this small backwoods uh, neighborhood, you know, many years ago, and it's weaving a bigger tale here because we're introduced to what uh, some other characters here, which are claiming to sort of be her family. But even before that, um, the witch that was hung on the tree created these like simuloids these these husks of humans if you will that aren't real people but they seem like flesh like they're actual flesh and, and and blood walking around with sort of very little personality but they've infused themselves into this city into this in the Harrow County and we come to find out uh, and again uh, you know sort of spoiler but we all had an idea of this that her sort of adopted mother was one of those one of those husks and the adopted mother is having visions of when she looks at Emmy in the crib, it's like this monstrous red pile of goop and sort of deformed skull. That's what she sees. And she feels like maybe she has to kill her. And so instead of doing that, this this husk, who I said is really their, their lack of true personality and life, uh, decides to just leave. And, uh, and just leaves. And that's the only memory that Emmy has of her sort of adopted mother. And I think... Maybe her father is that way as well, one of those husk-like characters. Maybe even the witch that was buried and hung on the tree was uh, created these two husks to specifically help raise Emmy, but they were good people. So it asks it other questions there. I like the complexity of it. And then we meet uh, Levy. And Levy is a character that claims to be family of Emmy, and he looks dastardly. He's uh, in this cornfield. <laughs> the setting alone here is enough to creep you out. Levy in the cornfield. This young boy from the town, uh, Levy's claiming to help. <laughs> it almost seems like Levy has, has summoned this child into the cornfield to do what? We don't know. But as he's caught by Emmy, he says, no, 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 no. I wasn't uh, going to hurt this young boy. I was going to help him. But he seems dastardly. <laughs> you just get a sense and a feel of that from the tone, from his look in his eyes. When oh, and by the way, uh, I almost forgot the team. Colin Bunn uh, writing the script, art and lettering Tyler Crook, and I tell you, the art by Tyler Crook here is just gorgeous. It's again that watercoloring style, and the the eye work that he does, the emotion it really draws you in consistently, just every week. The look on on these on these characters' faces really draw you in and make you feel for them, and he's really developed Emmy well. And and now, it's uh, again like I said, she's stepping into a larger pool here. So, as they cut through the cornfield, there's just this amazing home that just happens to just be there, materializes there. Emmy knows Harrow County, and this house doesn't belong there. And as she goes in, there's pictures on the wall of all these people that seemed familiar to her. She's really getting this familiar vibe. 
Where it's going to go from here, I tell you, I don't know. But you're introduced to a, a quite creepy cast of characters here that all of them... There's this woman that's knitting, which looks like skin. Her hands are covered with blood. And there's another character that looks kind of like the Red Skull in the Marvel comics, but he has a white skull, so it's just like a skull-faced man. And then there's kind of a, uh, like a like an ogre, if you will, long-bearded, dreadlocked, tattooed from head to toe, sort of old man, wizard-looking, kind of an ogre, because he's a very large man. And they're all claiming that they want to help Emmy. Help Emmy in what? Uh, it, you definitely get a sense that the... The, the, her Emmy's mother, witch mother, if you will, is coming back. Like this is all her power, sort of gaining power and, and her gathering an army against Emmy or against the world here to take over or whatever it is they want to do. It definitely has this kind of impending doom kind of feel to what they're talking about and how they, they sounds like they tell her that they want to help her, but it just doesn't. They, they feels like they have an agenda. And then what you see here with the group of people interacting with the husk slash mother of Emmy here. I won't spoil that so you can see what happens there. It's really interesting, gruesome, frightening. And of course, it's covered with uh, at the back here in the back pages some interesting, frightening, creepy stories that are shared by people. One of which was talking about this young boy that lives like in the swamps in New Orleans and that he goes into the swamps quite often and he, he claims to see these spirits, these haints that is referenced by, by Emmy and and people in Harrow County. And there, of course, is that ongoing little mini-comic at the back called The Butler. They they also, he's kind of told you how the continuity will work so that if you pull the other comics out, there is this interweaving story of, of various people in Harrow County. And this kind of has, The Butler story is a story of some of these husk-like creature skin bag things that walk around. <laughs> but it continues to be fun. It continues to be creepy. It continues to be a story where we do actually have a character, Emmy, that we root for. She's pure in nature. She wants to do good. She is is being surrounded by all of this this doom. <laughs> and she can till, still continues to be that, that ray of hope, that light, where she's trying to make the place she lives and loves safe and free from from this tyrannical witch group that is coming after Harrow County. But it is just so good. I can't wait until the TV show comes out or movie or whatever it is they're working on. I think it was actually a TV show. So Harrow County, number one pick of the week. So fantastic. You've got to read it. I'm sure there's already two uh, part one and part two trades available with it. Check out Harrow County. You will not be disappointed. Read it in the dark. Put on some spooky music. It'll really set a fantastic tone. But it's not too dark. Like I said, Emmy is a, really a ray of light. And that's why I continually read it. It's a character you can you can stand behind, you can you can enjoy, you can you're definitely rooting for her. And that's why it's continually always one of those top picks. So Harold County can't say more about it. <laughs> so there you go, there you have it. That is our show. That's uh, issue sixty three. That was a ton of fun. What a great, good a great time. Thanks for for being there with me. Appreciate it. And I hope I made your commute or whatever it is you do when you listen to Sunspots Comics podcast that much brighter, that much funner. Makes makes you happy. I hope. But there you go. Those are all the new Comic Book Day comics from July 13th. Please go to like a local comic book shop near you. Just look it up. Just go onto Google and type comic book shops. And go to one and grab one or two and, and read them. It'll fill your life with joy. I guarantee it. And if you want to email me, of course, uh, my email is chris at sunspotscomics.com. If you send in an email, like, of course, Dr. Rojas did, and I read it on a podcast, I will send you a free comic book prize. So send it on in. 
And I'm getting ready to do an email newsletter. So go to sunspotscomics.com slash contact. Join us. Just put your email in there. I'm going to be putting out a little newsletter. Nothing that's going to just fill your inbox with madness. Just a little something every so often. Touching base on what I'm working on and zombie destroyers and etc. So there you go. So please tune in next week for issue 64 of our podcast. I'll be reading 15 comics next week for July 20th. There's also five new number ones coming out that I want to check out. Hopefully my local comic book shop will have all five so I can check them out and potentially buy them. And lastly, of course, my friends, please don't forget to be like water. That's right, my friends. Be like water. See you next week. Bye-bye. Where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends The adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now